0: Hey there, my friend. It is a beautiful day. A beautiful day to pause and ponder the greatness of God together. Yep, the greatness of God. That's what I like to ponder. And he truly is great, isn't he? So thanks, friend. Thanks for coming back and joining me. I hope you're having a good day. It is a beautiful day out. Uh, yesterday was so nice. It was one of the First warm days in a while and sunny days in a while in February. Here we are at the end of February. And it was very exciting because on February 24th, our number nine grandchild arrived. Number nine, Benjamin Douglas. Sophie finally had her baby. Only finally because I've been talking about it nonstop for like a month, which was early to start talking about it. She wasn't that late. And everything went great and they're all doing well. So very exciting news in our family and a very exciting few days while I had Lucy and Theo here at my house. And I just have to say, anyone listening that has small children at home, I am fully aware of the challenges. Yeah, it's just crazy. It is so crazy. Uh, you, You forget how crazy it is with little kids running around all the time and like, Trying to do anything else while being with them. It's a challenge, but it is also super fun. And we had a good time. And just to give you a little window into what the last few days were like for me, here's my story. So, Kate came home during this visit. And of course, being the great aunt that she is, she brought the kids a present. And when the single aunt brings a present home, it's always like, it's always in this caliber. It was a giant Sven, Sven from Frozen, so big that Theo could ride this big plastic Sven that also made noise. Thank you very much, Kate. So she put this down in my living room, and I was so, um, you know, busy and doing stuff with the kids and all that that I never moved it. I did, I just didn't even have time to pick the thing up and move it to some other location. So here it sat in the complete path of walking through the living room. So you come in my front door and if you turn direct, you know, sharp right, you go into the living room. If you go straight, you go down like a narrow hall to the kitchen. So as you come in the door, you can just see into the living room a little bit. And this, this giant Sven would catch my eye as like constantly as I was walking around, I was like, oh, and I would forget because this is what happens when you're the grandmother and not the mom, my brain would forget that Kate brought home a giant Sven. So my brain would tell me it's Heidi, it's Heidi in the living room. And Heidi was a dog we owned over 20 years ago, a Weimaran, I think is how you say it, which are big gray dogs, like very large. And sorry if you love Weimaran's, but we did not love Heidi, Heidi bit people and we had to get rid of her because she bit Kate and Jessica. And she was like this dominant dog. We got her as an adult. It's a whole long story. Anyway, my brain would say to myself, it's Heidi in the living room. And I would be like terrified. And then I, then my brain would say, no, Heidi's dead. And then my brain would say, oh, it's that plastic thing. <laughs> that's, that's what would go through my head every time I just out of the corner of my eye saw this huge plastic spin. And that kind of sums up the scatteredness of my brain over the last few days as we tromped around in the woods and rode bikes and pushed on the tire swing and watched a lot of octonauts but it was super super fun and we had a great time and now we have baby benjamin baby benny and if you want to see what the giant fen looked like you can go on my instagram not the pause and ponder one i don't really use that anymore but my personal instagram and if you check out the reel I made of Waiting at Gra- waiting for Baby at Grammy's House, you will see Giant Sven in that reel. But you can imagine him, I'm sure. So anyway, fun times. So last week, I talked about Colossians 1 because when we were in Brazil in the end of January, we went through Colossians in our morning chapel. And so I have to move on to Colossians 2, even though there... Oh my goodness, I was just looking at Colossians 1, and it's like the richest chapter. I, I I don't know. I guess you could say that about any chapter in the Bible, but there's just so much in that chapter, and I love it, and I could, I could just live there for quite a while, but I'm not going to. Um, I highly recommend, as I often do, listening to Pastor Zach at uh, Calvary Chapel Petaluma. If you go on their app and find Colossians 1 his sermon on it was really amazing and was all about our identity in christ and just identity in general and seeing that in colossians 1 and i definitely if you're listening from brazil hey love you um i talked about identity in chapter one because when i taught on it because um it made such an impression on me and talk even just It's beginning, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, calling himself an apostle, a sent one when he's sitting in jail, like just that little picture, so much right there. But anyway, I'm not talking about Colossians 1 anymore, right? (laughs) Moving on to Colossians 2. So yes, Colossians 2. So Wes actually taught on this in Brazil, but of course I still have something I want to share with you about it, Colossians 2. Wes pointed out the phrase in him, in him, in Christ, over and over in this chapter. And I thought that was um, that was a great point. If you look at how often it says, w-, I would say, with him or in him. This chapter, the spoiler alert of this chapter is it's all about Jesus. But it was a really cool chapter. And I think it might have been why I thought Colossians was a good book to do with the idea the theme of who is thinking for you because in chapter two here he says at least twice like don't be fooled don't be it says let me see here in verse four that no one may delude you so don't be fooled and then again in verse eight see to it that no one takes you captive so don't be fooled by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. Don't be deceived, goes with the theme, right? And the way to not be deceived is to, as what Wes said in his teaching was, come back to the basics, like EMTs have to go back to the basics, he told some story about that, but basically, come back to the basics. If people are giving you highfalutin language and you're like, what are you even talking about? Or you're just like, red flag, something's wrong, come back to the basics, make it about Jesus. And that's what I like to say about even, you know, looking for a new church or just evaluating maybe an author you're reading. How many times are you hearing the name Jesus? If, if you hear a whole sermon at a church and you never hear the name Jesus, hmm, kind of a red flag for me. Maybe they have some other agenda or they're just a little off track. So make it about Jesus. But what I actually want to share with you from Colossians chapter two is, of course, something totally different. I just want to share from my heart one time how God used this passage to really encourage me in a specific way and help me to pray in a specific way. So here's the story. I don't remember how long ago it was. Several years ago, I had a missionary friend who um, had a child, a, a I think her child was like 19 maybe, so like a young adult child um, who had walked away from the Lord, and so I had committed to pray for this mom and for her daughter and for the whole family, um, and it was just really a burden on my heart to pray for them. So really, and I ended up in Colossians 2, and these first few verses of Colossians 2 really just spoke to my heart about how to pray for a prodigal. It is not just about that, but it really just it really just struck me in that time frame. And so then I shared those these verses with the mom and she was like, "Wow, that's a mouthful." And I was like, "Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like one of Paul's typical going on forever wordy sentences with a lot of big words in it." But but if you slow it down, it is so rich in how we can pray for maybe not a prodigal child, but anyone or even ourself when someone has um, drifted, drifted away from the Lord. So that being said, let me explain how it encouraged me in praying for that person who needs to come back to the Lord. Colossians 2 starts out. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not seen me face to face. So he starts out with, I am struggling for you. To me, that sounds like struggling in prayer or just his heart. Paul's heart is unsettled for these people. And I think that maybe that was what made me think of my friend is, that it there's a struggle there's an un, being unsettled and upset for the person who is feeling far from God who is acting far from God and it's like I love you I care for you I'm I'm so upset I'm struggling I'm struggling for I'm struggling with the desire that you get right with God and I believe that struggle in Paul's heart would result in prayer and it should for us too when we're faced with someone we love, not walking with the Lord, we need to not be judgmental and angry and upset, which I think most people aren't, but just saying, but we need to struggle. We need to struggle for them in prayer. And it's a good reminder that that's where the struggle needs to be. It it needs to not be in trying to control the person because you know what? Here's the truth. We have no control. I was talking to another mom recently who was like talking about her, her, um, adult daughter who is out living with her boyfriend. And she was like, yeah, I really need to, I need to work on that. I need to work on, you know, getting her out of that situation. And I was like, <laughs> it sounds a little harsh, but I was like, no, you don't that you got to let go. She's an adult. You got to just let go. And she looked at me and was like, what? I was like that you have no control over that. I'm sorry, but you don't. She's an adult, she's making her own choices. You need to pray. You need to pray for God to intervene in her life. And you need to just sit back and be like, hey, I'm here and I love you. That's it. And sorry if that sounds harsh, but we can't control, can't control anybody. It's just a big delusion that we can. So Paul is struggling for them, but struggling in prayer. So you ask, what does he pray? He said, for I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you, all you people I haven't met. And here's what he prays, and I'll make it a list. Let me see. I think it's three things. Number one, that their hearts may be encouraged. So first thing he prays for them is for encouragement. That's a good thing. And here's the second thing. Being knit together in love. Knit together in love. That sounds to me like unity. So... He must be praying for people who are discouraged and divided, which sadly is what is going to happen to a family with a prodigal. You're divided, and the parents, at least, are super discouraged. So he prays, Lord, encourage them, knit them together in love, bring some unity to this family. And then the third thing, to reach all the riches of full assurance, all the riches. full assurance and what kind of assurance in what full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ full assurance of who Jesus is and what salvation in Jesus is full assurance of who Jesus is and the understanding and knowledge of what it means to have Christ in you that's that's it that's the whole thing and it's rich it's there's a wealth there's a treasure of this when you have in your heart this assurance this no doubting no fear but complete solid i know this is true full assurance of what it means to have christ in you it reminds me of this one time when i was in church um back when for those of you who go to my church uh, back when we were in the Montgomery school, I was sitting, I, I found a seat in the very back and someone, uh, you know, during the little greeting time, I turned around and someone introduced me to this older man. So I'd never met him before. And it's like, oh, this is whatever his name was. And this is Susie. It's like, hi, how are you? And he goes, do you know Jesus? And I said, yes, I do. And he goes, are you sure? Do you, How do you know you know him? It was, it was like a little uh, abrasive. Yeah. But I was like, um, uh, excuse me, like it just took me off guard. It was kind of funny, but he meant well. And he meant, do you have full assurance of understanding and knowledge of what it means to have Christ in you? And I was like, yes, I do. Thank you, sir. (laughs) We need it though. And it makes all the difference. We can pray for that person who has wandered from the Lord for whatever reason, right? People wander for different reasons. People wander, people uh, walk away from the Lord for different reasons, right? It could be a a tragedy in their life. Some awful thing has happened and it's just made them question, God, if you're you're this good God who loves me, how could this happen to me? Or they're just so stunned by whatever event that they just feel numb and, and talking to God just doesn't make sense. And so they slip away. Or perhaps this is sad when it's not a a terrible event in their life, but the church itself, other Christians hurt them, you know, that church hurt kind of thing where there is bitterness and resentment and hurt from something another Christian did or said to you. People wander away from the Lord. People turn away from the Lord for those reasons as well. And it's, it's horrible and it's sad. And in the case of a prodigal, the, I would imagine the parents are always, you know, questioning, what did we do? Did Were we not living out our faith the way we should? Or we, we didn't teach them the right way and blaming themselves. And that's not helpful or productive or even why it happened. But for some reason, this prodigal, whoever this prodigal might be, they no longer have full assurance of understanding and knowledge of, god's mystery christ in us and i'm betting they're also discouraged or the people around them are discouraged and there is a divisiveness a lack of being knit together in love and so paul prays these three things and what a great prayer for us we can learn so much about prayer from paul right so here is a great thing to pray for anyone for protection from prodigal in your family pray for your family that your hearts may be encouraged that you as a family would be knit together in love and that each person in your family would reach all the riches all the wealth and treasure of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of god's mystery which is christ jesus understanding and knowledge of who jesus is and what it means to have christ in me and what else does paul say about christ here he says that you would reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of god's mystery which is christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge so again twice in in you know one sentence the riches of full assurance and the hidden treasure of wisdom and knowledge wisdom and knowledge knowledge knowing the facts and wisdom applying it to your life of who God is of what it means to have Christ in you so I had shared this with my missionary friend who had the prodigal. Hey, I'm praying these verses for your family. I'm praying that your family that is fractured right now by this one child turning away from the Lord, and it, it just makes me so sad. I'm praying that you'll be, all of you will be encouraged, encouraged with the hope that God is able. Nothing is too hard for God, encouraged with remembering that you have, you've laid the foundation of that truth in this child's life, encouraged that God will bring other people into their life to speak to their heart and to draw them back to the Lord. Encouraged with a gift of faith from God, faith that God is able to do this. Encouraged with joy and peace in your situation. And I'm praying that God would encourage you by giving you eyes to see what he is doing in this situation so paul prays that their hearts would be encouraged and we can pray for the people we love or even for ourselves that our hearts would be encouraged and then praying that we would be knit together in love that's a great category to pray for for a family that is struggling pray that god would give them loving things to do for each other ideas creative ideas of how to express true love for each other. And praying that that, these actions of love would not be misinterpreted or uh, misunderstood. Praying for words of love for each other. Praying that the Holy Spirit would knit them together in love. And then praying for that full assurance. Full assurance of who Jesus is, full assurance that, yes, I am a Christian because I have Christ in me. The last thing about these first few verses in Colossians 2, after all the ones I just went over like 5 million times, it then says in verse 4, Paul gives us the reason that he is saying, I'm struggling for you. I'm struggling that you'll be encouraged, that you'll be knit together in love, and that you'll have full assurance of who Jesus is. Then he says in verse 4, I say this in order that no one may delude you. I say this to you so you don't get tricked. So it's a good preventive. It's a good action to take, I think, in prayer for that one who has wandered away. But it's also a great recipe of prayer for anyone, for our small children, for our Bible study group, for our church, as a preventive, as a preventive that will strengthen us in our faith. Praying that God will do this in ourselves and in those we love. I say this to you in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, Paul says. So that you won't get tricked by the silly arguments of the world. Silly, but also sometimes convincing. You know, I mean, how often do we hear this? That people are trying, you know, there's spin in every news story. And the arguments of this world are just so are just so out there, but also arguments within the church. Like Paul is saying, don't get caught up in these, well, later he calls it philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition. So don't get caught up in different churches, worshiping in different ways. I mean, stick to the basics, stick to who Jesus is. And back to my point, praying these things that Paul prayed are a great, recipe of prayer for preventing us from getting caught up with other nonsense, praying that our hearts would be encouraged, that we'd be knit together in love, and that we would reach the riches, we would delve into the riches of the, of having full assurance of who Jesus is. It's that simple, that simple. And that's it. That's what I wanted to share with you today about when I prayed these verses for my friend who was struggling with her prodigal daughter. And no, I'm sorry, I don't have the update on how they're doing now, but I do remember God directing me to pray for them that way and it c- encouraged my heart and I hope it encourages yours. May your heart be encouraged, and may you be knit together in love with the whole body of Christ. And today, may you find new riches in who Jesus is. Till next time.